Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. God's revelation to mankind in Christ and in the scriptures consists in both a promise and a warning. The promise is a beautiful revelation of why we exist and how to fulfill that destiny. But along with this glorious promise, there's also a severe warning. A warning that we are in a battle for our very soul, that there are Many and great dangers, there is an enemy, in fact, who wants to destroy us and keep us from realizing that destiny. Now, the good news is you were created to share in God's divine and glorious life. That's good news, glorious news. The sobering news is there is a long, dangerous, treacherous journey uh, to get along with and an enemy they're about lurking to seek to destroy you. More good news. This enemy doesn't really have any real power over you to harm you if you just follow a few simple instructions. The bad news is you're not very good at following a few simple instructions. The good news is, though, you can change that anytime you want, even today, even right now. Every day for us is a new day in which we can fall down before God in repentance and rise again in faith. And just so long as we keep falling down and getting up, we will eventually outwit that old fox. So first we need the vision, the vision of hope, the promise, the revelation of what it means for us to be made in God's image and to understand and know and believe and trust why the Son of God has come to us. But then we also need a warning to be on our guard, to be aware of the battle and the enemy who seeks to destroy us. We need to have our shield and sword in hand. We need to be prepared and vigilant. Both of these are very important to maintain in the Christian life. Now, if the scriptures lay out a vision of our share in the divine glory, if this is their primary purpose to reveal this good and beautiful vision, this reason for everything... The second most important thing that they do, and they do it quite often, is to warn us of the things that will keep us from reaching that teleos, that ultimate goal. And as we read about John the Baptist this morning and throughout this Advent season, two concerns stick out to me, two warnings, two concerns. These two things, I think, are often at the root of all the warnings that we receive throughout the scriptures. So there are two mistakes we often make and two things we need to learn. Number one, we do not adequately prepare. We just don't take preparation very seriously often. Preparation is important. Two, when we take number one seriously, we often run the risk of mistaking the preparation itself for the thing that we're preparing for. In other words, we forget that the preparation is a means to an end. It's not the end. In short, that's just the definition of idolatry. (laughs) 
Both of these concerns and warnings are really neon flashing signs in the Baptist's story. First, how important is preparation? Well, we won't even go into the whole entire Old Covenant. Thousands of years, meticulous laws and stories and scriptures and pain and suffering and prophecies, all of this boils down to an act of preparation for the coming of Christ in the fullness of time. That's what it all was for, a preparation. We're just going to focus on the forerunner. The forerunner here, by his very name, the forerunner. The greatest born of woman. Why is he the greatest born of woman? His very identity is revealed in his mission and calling. The very reason he was chosen and filled with the Spirit from the womb. To go before the Lord and prepare for his coming. He is the forerunner for he who is the teleos, the man, Jesus Christ. God had this eternal cosmic plan which had been in the works in the heart and mind of God for all eternity. And he built into that plan the quintessential preparer, the archetype of all preparers, John the Baptist. If we were to rank him in importance in this cosmic plan, he is second only to the Blessed Virgin Mary in importance. So there is the teleos, the goal, the reason for it all, and there is the preparation to get there. Mary, we might say, represents the teleos in as much as she is the human tabernacle of God. She represents what we all shall be. But John is the preparer. He is the one who makes the path straight. He sets up the perfect shot so that when it's time, it will be effective. Now, God never just sort of lays the vision out, whether it be his cosmic plan for all history and eternity or his personal plan for your life. He never lays it all out and then with a wave of a hand just takes you from A to Z like that. That's not how it happens, right? Has that happened with anybody? I don't see anybody in here floating. That's not how it happens. That's not our experience. It didn't happen that in the history of mankind. It's not happening in your life now. Now it's true. Jesus did say it is finished. But he said a lot of things he didn't really mean. At least not in the way that we take them. We all know he didn't mean what it sounds like he meant or what we would like to think that he meant. You know, when the priest in the Eastern Rite says, now let us conclude our prayer to the Lord. <laughs> if you have ever spent much time in the Eastern Rite, you know there's another 35 minutes coming. <laughs> and I grew up Baptist. When the Baptist preacher says we're almost to the end, we know there's another 14 verses of just as I am. So is it finished, Jesus? Is it finished? Really? Then why do we still have to go through all this? Well, it's finished, but not really finished. He also said he'd be back shortly. <laughs> you know, if Carrie was going out for Chinese takeout and showed up 2,000 years later, I'd say she was a little tardy. <laughs> we all know that's not how it works. It's not like Jesus has come John the Baptist decreased, which he has. He's now eclipsed, and there's no longer any role. He's not a player, this John the Baptist, this preparer. He's no longer a player in the Christian life. This time of preparation is now over because we're there. It's finished. 
it should be obvious that that's not the situation we live in. We're still talking about the friend of the bridegroom today, 2,000 years, post-resurrection Jesus Christ. His picture's on the wall that back there behind me. We're still asking him for his help. We're still looking to him for inspiration and support and help. The official time for preparation began when our parents were cast out of paradise. And the fulfillment certainly came in Christ's saving work and ultimately the outpouring of the Spirit at Pentecost. And yet, we are still, each one of us, in the time of preparation. All that being true. The Spirit you have received in your baptism is a deposit. You're still going to die. Like I said, none of you are floating yet. You're still going to die. You're still in the fight. You still have an enemy. You're still yet to be glorified. You can still walk away. There's still work to be done. We're in the mopping up phase. But still, there's still work to be done. We are on a journey to claim the prize that's been won. But there's still a cycle of experiences and even hoops we have to jump through. Walls we have to leap over. We still have the casting of vision in our life. We have to be reminded, don't we? Again and again, that hope needs to be renewed within us. Our faith needs to be bolstered. Obedience needs to be secured on this journey that we have embarked on. There's still a call for patience, lots of patience. Recasting of the vision again along the way because we have short and weak memories. There's darts and arrows to dodge. We have to pass through the fire swamp and the mines of Moriah. There's plenty of suffering we'll have to endure in some form or another. There are tests of obedience, tests of patience, tests of faith. Then, at least a few times in this life, there's going to be a complete meltdown and seeming destruction of the entire vision that we thought was so secure. It looks like it's just gone and over. And then there's a rebirth and a reconstruction and restored hope. And along the way, there's also plenty of joy and delight and even rest. And then more work. And then we go through it all over again. If we'll step back and see this grand narrative, not only of history, but of our own lives, that we're still on this journey, and this journey contains all of these ups and downs. Well, I ask you, what are you going to do when you step back and see your life story from the end? When you stand now and you look back through the lens of your end, of your judgment, of the very final chapter of this story, what are you going to do today? You need to decide. You need to decide today. How are you going to finish your race? Are you going to finish it well? Are you going to claim the prize? Well, if you are, you need to prepare. You don't just saunter through the gates by accident. Preparation is important. I mean, I think if we should know that. We should understand that. St. John the Baptist, he exists to be the preparer. He is the greatest born of women. We have to prepare or else we are very likely get picked off along the way. Mary was prepared. She was pre-purified by God. The world was prepared by Moses and the prophets. 
John the Baptist came. He prepared so that we might receive the Christ. We are still receiving the Christ. Even though it is finished. Even though He has come, He is still coming. And we still need to prepare in order to finish this journey. Warning after warning in the Scriptures. Have your lamps filled. Heed the voice of the forerunner. Prepare. How have we been doing this Advent? How do we do during Lent? Well, we all have our regrets. But every day is new. Today is a new day. Still a few weeks in Advent. I've apparently used up my time talking about preparation, so I don't have much time left for the second point about confusing the journey with the goal. But John represents this too, because what's the other thing that's said about him? I must decrease, and he must increase. John points to the Christ in everything he does. There's never any confusion through the ministry of St. John the Baptist about who is the Christ. Are you the Christ? No, I am not. John brings the water, but Jesus brings the Spirit. Water cleanses, but the Spirit gives life. And yet, the Spirit will not come until the vessel is cleansed and prepared for it. We prepare by repentance, by waiting and anticipation, by turning, orienting ourselves away from these worldly things and gazing up into heaven, looking for God, for the eternal kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God. It's not a whole lot more complicated than that, really. The word of the archetype preparer himself. What did he say? Bring forth fruits in keeping with repentance. That's it. Don't try and make it more complicated. Be a child. I left off the first part where he says, you brood of vipers, because I don't think any of you are vipers. But the admonition still holds true even for friends of Jesus that we are to bring forth fruits in keeping with repentance, to prepare to cleanse the vessel with water so that we might receive the Spirit. We cleanse the vessel with tears of repentance, with water, that we might receive the Spirit as Christ dwells within us, who is the hope of glory. Now, we can't just say like the Jews did, we have Abraham for our father. In your case, you can't just say, well, I was baptized, so I'm okay. It doesn't work that way. Is it possible to receive the Spirit from Jesus if we have not listened to the voice of the forerunner in the wilderness? I, I don't think so. We are afraid of the wilderness. We're afraid of John. I'm afraid of John. I like him, but I'm afraid of him. I've always been a little afraid. That's probably a good thing. Hopefully it's a holy fear, not a fear that keeps me from him. It's a fear that drives me to him. He's the messenger that brings us the Son who fills us with the Spirit of life. Now his message is a little terrifying because he asks us to give something up. Well, he asks us to die. But we give something up to gain something so much better. And you have to give something up to gain something. What we give up is so small and we gain so much. The sacrifice seems impossible and yet all we're doing is trading thorns for a crown. We're trading a sugar high for ecstasy in the spirit. 
So this Advent, let's let the wilderness voice of the forerunner do his work in us and prepare us for the great feast that we might receive the Spirit through the Son. And we'll see clearly what awaits us. And we will, as St. Paul says, rejoice. Always and again, we will rejoice because we'll be filled with the light of hope if we have heeded the wilderness voice. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.